October 17th. And now, as we begin to look into the New Testament, our reading today will be from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. What is the most uh, vital ministry of the local church? Well, according to Paul, it is prayer. Prayer moves the hand that governs the world. We must pray for government leaders, that the doors of ministry will be kept open and souls will be won to Christ. Because God's people do not pray for people in authority, wars close mission fields, officials do not grant needed uh, visas, and the work of the Lord suffers. It was uh, Vance Havner who wrote, A good woman is the best thing on earth. Women were last at the cross and first at the open tomb. The church owes a debt to her faithful women which she can never estimate, to say nothing of the debt we owe in our homes to godly wives and mothers. Paul reminds Christian men that Christian women are important to the Lord and to the work of the church. The gospel brought freedom to women in the Roman Empire, but some of them did not know how to handle it and went to extremes asserting their liberty, hence the reminder about the spiritual leadership of the men in the church. Modesty, true spiritual beauty, godliness, and good works, these will characterize the woman God blesses. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 17th, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. I, Paul, urge you, Timothy, first of all, to pray for all people. As you make your requests, plead for God's mercy upon them and give thanks. Pray this way for kings and all others who are in authority, so that we can live in peace and quietness, in godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, for He wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and people. He is the man Christ Jesus. He gave His life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message that God gave to the world at the proper time. And I have been chosen. This is the absolute truth. As a preacher and apostle, to teach the Gentiles about faith and truth. So, wherever you assemble, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. Women should listen and learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first, and afterward He made Eve. And it was the woman, not Adam, who was deceived by Satan, and sin was the result. But women will be saved through childbearing and by continuing to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. Psalms 34, 6 through 7. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him 
out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. People don't believe that we're in a war that's worse than World War II, that is worse than any imaginable nuclear World War III. The casualties don't just lose an arm. They don't just lose a leg. They don't just lose one life. They lose everything forever in hell. If we believed that life is war, how different things would be. Now the connection with prayer and war is not left to our guesswork. Ephesians 6, 17. Listen to this connection. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with all prayer. Don't start a new sentence there. With all prayer and supplication, praying on every occasion in the Spirit, keeping awake with all perseverance. Now, it doesn't take any exegetical ability at all to see. Prayer is the power that wields the weapon. The sword of the Spirit, take it praying. Take it praying, right? It's the power that wields the weapons of warfare. Prayer is not a civilian device. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. Now, think. Put on your thinking caps. Do you get it? Why is the Father going to answer the prayers that we make in Jesus' name? Answer? Because Jesus has given a mission to go bear fruit. Or turn it around. Why did Jesus give us a mission to go bear fruit that would remain? so that we could enjoy getting answers to prayer. Therefore, why is there prayer? For what? For wartime, not for civilian times. The number one reason why prayer malfunctions in the hands of believers is because they try to take a wartime walkie-talkie and turn it into a domestic intercom by which they ring up the maid to bring another pillow. It malfunctions. It's made for tanks. It's made for trenches. It's made for war. It won't work when you install it in your yacht. It won't work at the lake cabin. It won't work in the second and third and fourth car. So I want to give you a little rhyme. Till we believe that life is war, we will not know what prayer is for. Will that stick? Until we believe that life is war, we will not know what prayer is for. Psalm 87, verses 1 through 7. The earthly Mount Zion is a figure of the heavenly Zion, the city of God and God's redeemed people. As you ponder this psalm, take some inventory of your spiritual life. On what are you building? Are you building your life on God's foundation? Salvation is of the Jews. 
where God's gracious work in this world came through Israel. Your Bible is a Jewish book, and the Savior came from the tribe of Judah. When the church was born, the Holy Spirit came on Jewish believers in the temple in Jerusalem. To obey Him is to build on an unfailing foundation. Where is your citizenship? Some people like to boast about the, the place of their birth, but the once born do not have the blessings of the twice born. You see, through faith in Christ, God's children are enrolled in the heavenly Zion and will live with the Father forever. And uh, finally, uh, this question What are your joys? Jerusalem is one of the few ancient cities that is not built by a river. The psalmist found all his joys in Jerusalem, and he wanted nothing more. By faith, you can drink of the river of his pleasures and be satisfied. Psalm 87, verses 1 through 7. A psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song. On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you! I will record Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, also Philistia and Tyre, and even distant Ethiopia. They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. And it will be said of Jerusalem, Everyone has become a citizen here. And the Most High will personally bless this city. When the Lord registers the nations, He will say, This one has become a citizen of Jerusalem. At all the festivals, the people will sing, The source of my life is in Jerusalem. Proverbs 25, verses 18 and 19 Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Putting confidence in an unreliable person is like chewing with a toothache or walking on a broken foot.